Hello, everyone, and welcome to Divide and Conquer. We're named as such because of our intent. What is our intent? We are a group of sport and performance psychology consultants here at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and we are also contractors, and we fall under the Army Resilience Directorate, which you can find on Facebook and Twitter at Army Resilience. Each episode, we pose a question or issue related to resilience and or performance enhancement that we as a group will conquer through our individual answers, and you'll find out quickly our perspectives and stances are often divided. We hope you enjoy our takes on today's question, which is, who would you rather have on your squad? Someone who is underconfident or overconfident? So just to go around the table, um, just to introduce everyone, start with myself. My name's Diego, and then to my left, we have Eric. And then to my media right, we have uh, Coach Jess. Coach Jess! I need to make sure that's correct. I've got my clipboard in front of me. And if she had a whistle, she would have totally, blown it by now. Yeah, 100%. And then to Jess's right, we have Marius, a.k.a. Marmar. Marmar! <laughs> Our newest acquisition here. At four we point. got him in a trade. Yeah, we, we got him in the draft. <laughs> I have a ton of questions regarding who we are talking about because my answer is going to be, it really depends. So something that I would ask would be, or that, that I would like to know based on these people, these hypothetical people, is this someone who is, well, let's start with, do we have a small team or a big team? In between. Okay, a medium-sized team. Okay. And then I also would like to know, is the task high in challenge or very demanding that we are trying to get done? Why not? Yeah. It is? Okay. And then is the person young or old? Define young or old. Or we, we could go in between. Okay. And a, another twe- tweener there? Okay. Um, yeah, they're a tween. <laughs> all of the answers are, it's a tween. Okay. I'm asking these questions because it's going to depend on who I would prefer on my squad. Yeah, it makes sense. Have we worked together in the past? Or is this someone new to the team? I'd say new. New to the team. Are they coachable? Therein lies, I think that's the ultimate question, at least for me. Um, so it's a challenging task, but have we have we done it before, or is this a completely new task? Let's say it's in the realm of possibility, but it's new. Realm of possibility. By that, I mean intuitively it makes sense, but it's still new in terms of no one's done it before, but people understand what the task is okay and then are are me and the same or me and this person are we on the same level as far as our job titles or am i a leader in this scenario yeah let's say you're the leader in this scenario okay then with all of that information for me i think i would want someone who is lacking confidence because if they have 
the ability to be coachable. It is a new task. While it's challenging, if it's a new task, I can't necessarily expect this person to get it off the bat. And quite frankly, I would rather you be a little bit cautious at the beginning because we can make errors, that's fine, but I would rather smaller errors than start with these major errors that we have to potentially fix or could put people in harm's way, again, depending on the task. And it would be an opportunity to break down a new challenging task into something smaller that they can accomplish. And ideally that would build their confidence over time. So a lot of that is about me putting them in the right situation and then also breaking down the components of a new task in a way that allows them to build their confidence within said task. I mean, all that makes sense to me, and that's, I know it's called divide and conquer, but that's my inclination was, even before you asked all those questions, I feel like, my assumption is that if someone's underconfident, they are inherently more coachable than someone who is overconfident. And I feel like that heavily sways my opinion as to who I'd rather have on my squad. However, it's not going to be all perfect, sunny, and roses with someone who is underconfident. But I feel like there is, to me, it seems there's a bit more improvement that's much more possible to attain with someone who is more underconfident rather than overconfident and arrogant or cocky or whatever whatever entails being overconfident then a follow-up question to what you just said would that mean do you believe that someone gets to be overconfident or arrogant or cocky because they are in fact not coachable and so therefore they get to this level that's um, beyond potentially where they should be. So because maybe they weren't kept in check, if you will, that sounds terrible, but kept in check in a way that then that led to them becoming more and more confident to the point where they became overconfident and their skills don't actually match where their confidence is in, in themselves. I think that's entirely possible. I think this is very easy for me to say from an outside perspective because like I feel like for the most part I've never been a hugely overly confident person so it seems to me like someone's experiences throughout their life would lead them to be a an overly confident person so maybe it is that they didn't have people to keep them in check so to speak or give them a more realistic idea of their capabilities and ability level which then couple that with maybe they've had some pretty good successes at a at some level you tie those two things together along with you know an infinite number of other factors and it i feel like you get the perfect recipe for someone to have an overly confident mental picture of themselves and whether or not that's accurate it's probably less so less accurate uh as to what their actual ability level is but i think it's really hard to say why someone is overly confident because I feel like you can look at a bunch of super famous and successful athletes and feel like some of them are labeled even by myself as overly confident, arrogant, cocky, whatever. But a lot of the time, or I don't want to say a lot of the time, there are instances of athletes who 
are very successful and have quote-unquote earned the right to be cocky or arrogant and i feel like they're the exception rather than the rule because you know they're they're the elite of the elite and i don't necessarily think we're talking about that here i hope that makes sense so that makes me think about at least my personal experience as a consultant or mental performance coach mental skills coach whatever you want to call it it makes me realize that most of the time the people athletes performers that i'm going to come across are going to be underconfident and it's coaching them up or helping them become more confident or realize that their abilities are matching the challenge that they're seeking out right very rarely at least in my personal experience have i seen someone that's overconfident come up to me at least and say hey i need a little bit help i'm overconfident and how do i get this in line with what i'm trying to do right and so that make that as i was sitting here listening to you guys i'm i started to wonder how would we approach that you know so if you if you did have this overconfident person in your squad and they at least showed some sort of coach, coachability, what would you guys do? How would you approach that problem? I think the first step would be to see exactly how they perceive themselves. So if we're going to measure a particular activity, task, challenge, whatever it is, I need to know where you actually believe your skills to be and then have you run through that. So that way we can see where you initially thought you were and then here's where you actually were and constantly giving them that measurement or that stick of like that barometer of, okay, here's how far off you are, which maybe it's minuscule or maybe it's a lot. And then from there we can do the work. But first I think they need to understand just how far away they are from the actual data and that would have to be very objective data so if it's time if it's um, distance whatever it is then we would have to be able to calibrate that based on what they're doing to what they think they're doing so that would be the starting point yeah i agree Um, getting a more accurate assessment i mean that's going to be like more knowledge power i guess i don't know self-awareness right that's the first step and maybe it's just that they've been perceiving what over overly confident means in a way that you know might differ significantly from what somebody else thinks overconfidence actually is because i feel like anyone listening to this has their own idea of what someone who is overly confident looks like and i'm willing to wager there are there is overlap but there also may be significant differences between each person's mental idea of what overconfidence looks like. So it's not only about getting, I think, the objective data, but also trying to understand what does overconfidence, being overly confident, mean to this individual? It might be just a a reframing of maybe that idea that can also help, but also, I think, pairing that with having accurate data that represents their actual performance in whatever domain it it is i think those two could go a long way i think you bring up something really important diego and that's to also be able to 
sift through and distinguish between self-efficacy and confidence. So maybe self-efficacy would mean for that particular task, I am maybe right on with my abilities or I'm over uh, predicting my abilities. But overall, I might be a very confident person that you can put me in any situation and I will figure it out. I think we should define self-efficacy. So that would be one's belief about their likelihood of their success within a very specific task or event or performance. If you bring that out to an overall type of deal, then that would be confidence. So it's, it's, it's a slight definition change for the two, but they make all the difference, I think. Because I think someone could have a high level of self-efficacy in maybe their job, but if let's say their hobbies woodworking and they're new to it, they might not be as high in self-efficacy or confident in other areas of their life. And it's it's kind of hard to tease out the two things without having textbook definitions, which we don't have right now. But, but I think it's important that we make a distinction between the two if we're going to talk about them. I do think it's important to make that distinction, though, because... Oftentimes, the way that I see it is that if someone is given a specific task and maybe they're new to it, like Jess's example of the person on her squad, and they don't know how to do it or it's challenging, there's a likelihood that they might have a fairly accurate assessment that they're not great at it, right? And I've seen a lot of people then equate that to being, to saying, well, I'm not confident. And it's almost implied as I'm not confident as a person. And that's where you want to say, stop, hold up. You're not confident at this one task. That's self-efficacy. But you may be confident as an individual that in the general scheme of things, you're going to find a way, you're going to be able to figure it out, and you'll be successful at some general sense, right? And so that's where I think that distinction is so important to make because there are many tasks in our lives that we will not be good at and we might never be good at, and that's okay. We can still carry on as confident people. Um, and I think another point to coming up with clear definitions or knowing exactly what we mean is I find that a lot of people that may feel like they're underconfident, they're so scared of being overconfident that it might keep them in an underconfident area. And that's just because they haven't quite defined it, right? So, Diego, you kind of mentioned some of the athletes that most people would define as, like, cocky or an arrogant. The first person that comes to mind is Conor McGregor. <laughs> At a time when he was in his in his prime. And I just remember watching, like, you you listen to him speak, and it's just natural to think this guy is just so cocky, he's so arrogant. But I remember watching a stretch where he – like actually would call the round and how he would finish these people. He'd say knockout first round and then he would do it. He would say first minute or so and then he would do it. And to me, that's just a very dialed in confidence. He knows where his ability is. He knows his opponent. He knows the challenges that he'll face and he matches them exactly. And so when you go off of that, to me, it's not arrogance. It is confidence. It's it's backing up the things that he says. But I think for most people, they're they're afraid 
of getting into that overconfident area and it keeps them somewhere lower. And that's the reason why I would choose an underconfident person because I think there's more to work with in a sense. Of There's more tangible steps to showing them how they can get to that accurate confidence level. Whereas I agree with Jess, with an overconfident person, they have to be willing to put themselves in situation situations where experience will show them the truth. And for a lot of people, they're not willing to do that, right? And so then they're not coachable. They're not willing. And so they'll never truly get that feedback that shows, hey, I am not where I think I am or I should be. Thank you for clearing up the definitions with like I think pretty good examples so uh you know just sitting here listening to you guys we heard a lot of descriptors of how does um confidence play a role in individuals you know potential and development but getting back to the question of who would you rather have on your squad right so how does our own core beliefs and core values play into us deciding who do we want on our squad because do, does our beliefs think that, oh, this guy is too cocky and too arrogant. I don't want him on my team. But why, though? You haven't really asked yourself. You haven't looked within yourself to see what is it. Is it just you don't like someone's personality because they're arrogant and cocky? Because at the end of the day, like, if we're just trying to get a job done to complete a task, like, I would want someone who's kind of cocky and arrogant who's someone's self-accountable. You don't have to you know, make sure that he's doing his role because he's confident and cocky. Like he's going to be there and show up. Whereas someone who isn't confident, he might be too scared to try something out or take those risks. So again, like I just want to hear what you guys think about how do your own core beliefs and values play a role in deciding, do you want someone who is overly confident or underconfident? That's a really good point. I think for me, Personally, if I am choosing or I have a choice in who I want to work with, it whether we call it coachability or just willingness to learn or willingness to kind of engage in the work, that's the first thing that I'm going to look for. And typically, and this, this could be my core beliefs kind of speaking out, but typically it's people that are going to be on the side of very overconfident in my experience, have not shown that willingness to do that. And so I think that's where I'm coming from. But I do think you bring up a good point of there are risks to both, right? So if someone is underconfident, they might make a mistake just by not acting, right? Not jumping in somewhere. But at the same time, someone who is overconfident could also make a mistake because they're overeager or over their head and that is a tough situation where I don't think the answers are as clear cut and I think that's also why we at first heard Jess ask so many questions because it truly does depend on a situation. Are you in a situation where you are willing to tolerate the risk of someone maybe overstepping what they're capable of? Because I'm sure there are situations where that that would be better than someone not taking action. But then there are also a lot of situations where maybe a, someone a little bit more cautious, someone that might not jump in right away, those mistakes would be less damaging 
and easier to work with. So um, I think it's always good to remind that in these hypothetical scenarios, it's the typical answer usually is it depends, but it's good to bring up these points because I think it, it can highlight why the answer so often is it depends. Yeah, it seems to me in almost every situation, it's easy from right off the bat to say, oh, that's a clear cut answer. But when you start digging into it, you realize most, if not everything, is not black or white. It's all gray. And speaking to Eric's question, I think I mentioned earlier that one of my assumptions, which could also be a part of my core beliefs or core values, is that someone who is overconfident, yeah, is probably going to be similar to what Maria said. It's probably going to be much less culture, coachable. Coachable. Coachable <laughs> and less willing to listen to what somebody else has to say and continue doing what they're already doing. Granted, you know, it's a shortcut that I take and now that I realize it is I can think about it a bit more deeply and see if it needs readjusting. But I mean it's just something that comes along with being human, right? I mean we we tend to take shortcuts in our thinking and, you know, typically it gets us far to a certain point, but it may not always get you across the finish line. But I mean, I've gotten this far in terms of my life with taking all these kinds of shortcuts. And I think people don't realize that they either do or for whatever reason, or they're just completely unaware that this is a thing that our brains tend to do to sort of speed our lives along, keep keep everything going. With that said, I know it's, it's kind of a cop out to say it depends, but in reality, almost everything probably should be. It depends. I think that also highlights some of Jess's questions that she was asking before and kind of asking about the makeup of the squad and the other people that you have on the squad because that makes me think about your question, Eric, of kind of where would someone that's overconfident fit in? And so, you know, maybe you have a squad that's that's very uh, competent and their their confidence is, is very accurate in what they do. And in certain situations like that, like plugging in an overconfident person could be helpful because they might learn very quickly from the people around them. And that overconfidence might lead them to be eager of putting themselves in situations. And they might actually just get that experience that shows, hey, you might not be as good at this as you think right now, but you can get better or you can learn this way. Um you know, especially if it's a very high level group. And so it just, it's interesting thinking of it in terms of the group dynamics, because if you have a whole group that's very underconfident and then you plug in one overconfident uh, person, you know, that might not mesh very well. So ask this question, does confidence lead to level of skill of development or does confidence mean that, hey, I am not at that competent high skill level, but I believe in myself and reaching the skill level that I need to be at. Can you have both? So your question is, can confidence lead to skill development? Is that correct? Okay. Yes, I think I think 100% it can. Granted, I think kind of what Marius was talking about earlier with looking after some kind of performance. So retrospectively looking through and, and having feedback, if, whether it's yourself providing your, the feedback or watching tape having a coach, having your teammates provide you feedback, that can then determine 
your confidence going into the next task. And that might be, oh, I was really wildly overconfident in this task. I need to gain some skills, some techniques, some strategies in these areas, which can then boost my performance. Or it can highlight, wow, I'm already really good at this. So say I look back and it's, I, I nailed it. I should be taking on a, something, a higher challenge. But if we're not doing that work on the back end, it, it may not lead to skill development as quickly as it can. And I think that's where potentially some people that are underconfident forget to do. And even those that are overconfident forget to do. Like you have to go back. You have to watch things. You have to get that feedback to let you know where you need to then direct your efforts and your attention to get better. You ever listened to or read about what Brene Brown? And oh, yes. Yeah. You guys talked about her? We haven't talked about her like directly. But I read the book her book daring greatly and it's all about vulnerability and you initially people assume vulnerability means weakness but in her book it shows that you're just being true to yourself and knowing hey i need to get better at this so is that confidence or is that self-awareness so the, the question is is vulnerability more about confidence or is vulnerability more about you having high self-awareness and that you need to be vulnerable in a particular situation would it, uh, yeah, so is it accurate to say I'm confident in knowing that I need to get better at this? Or is that just I'm aware that I need to get better at this? And then so you take that awareness and confidence in going into skill practice. I think that would be more of a self-awareness. I'm very aware that I need to improve in this area. And then I think confidence comes in with how do I go about doing that and that I can get better. And that's where that confidence comes in. So not only do I know I can get better, I know who to seek out. I know what to seek out. I know how to seek it out. So that way I can improve. And that way the next time I have developed myself and contributed more to my team and the like. I don't know if anybody else has anything to add to that. So would high, would overconfidence and arrogance, would arrogance have low self-awareness and high confidence? Yes, I would say that that plays on there is some kind of lacking in your self-awareness or some kind of inability to see accurately what's what's actually at play. So it may not be that you completely lack awareness. It may just be that you're perceiving things in a way that is inaccurate or you're, you're getting feedback from outside sources and your outside sources are inaccurate and that skews how you perceive what's actually happening. I would agree and I think that's why it can get a little bit confusing between awareness and confidence because the way that I look at it is that good personal self-awareness can really nicely lead to confidence, right? Because then you're aware of the things that you need to work on. Kind of like Jess was saying, you you seek out those steps, you put a plan in place through that awareness, which then sets this breeding ground foundation to have the confidence. And so, and it's interesting because someone that is both underconfident and overconfident kind of share that problem that the awareness piece is not quite there, right? So if they have very good awareness and they're on the, the more underconfident side, they can look at the things and say, these are the things that I need to do to make sure that I can see how um, my abilities match up with this skill, right? And then on the overconfident side, it might be a, a, a matter of 
hey, I can see how I'm overplaying or like I believe in my abilities a little bit too much and they're not quite matching up with the skill that is presented. But both of them need that awareness piece in order to get to that middle ground, which I would argue is like the objective, true confidence level that they should have, right? And so I think this is something that can relate or everyone can use is kind of start with that awareness piece, right? So whether you're thinking about someone that you have on your squad, whether you're thinking about someone or you're thinking about yourself even, try to become more aware. Try to kind of either give feedback to yourself like Jess was saying or seek out feedback. Um, You can do this by journaling. You can do this by just kind of sitting down and being a little bit reflective. But you can either build that awareness about yourself or you can think about how you might provide that awareness for someone that you work with um, so that they could dial that confidence level in, right? Whether they're underconfident, whether they're overconfident, provide those experiences, whether it's to yourself or to someone else to kind of see where are you truly at. Um, and I think that's something everyone can do. Real quick, because Marius, you just triggered my brain to remind people as well that you could have a low skill level because you're new at something and still be confident because as long as you're accurately understanding where your level of skill is that's what we're talking about is you don't necessarily need to have this high skill level in order to be confident you could say hey I'm, I'm still very new at this I don't really have my bearings but I'm confident the little bit of skill I have I can I can approach a task that requires that and handle it fine And then as I get better, the more and more I can take on, and then I'll be confident at that next level. So it's not necessarily uh, that just because you have a low skill level means that you shouldn't have confidence. You just need to have the right type of confidence about what you are able to do. And that's really good to bring up because so many of us have very high goals and very high ambitions for ourselves, And I can see how that leads to underconfidence but it shouldn't because the confidence is more that accurate description of where you are now. It is not saying anything about where you will be if you continue working hard and you continue working um, with accurate assessments, with good feedback, with surrounding yourself with, you know, the proper environment, proper people. And so that's a really good point of like, you can have these really high goals. You can have places that you still want to go and you're not there yet, but you can be confident as you approach those things. I think a a really good example as far as the army would go would be if you are just coming into the army, you're new to the brand new, uh, you're, you're a private and you have different tasks that you're required to meet. Now, something that would be to your disadvantage while your goal may be, Hey, one day I would like to become a Sergeant first class. Great goal to have. Are you expected then to be doing things that a Sergeant first class is doing? No, right? So make sure that you're confident about at your level, what are you supposed to be handling? And then also, how can I prepare for the next level? What can I be doing to where I'm preparing myself to move into a private first class or a specialist to where I am doing what I need to do? And also I'm confident I can get there and I'm seeking out the resources so that way I can move up, but I'm not holding myself to the standard of what a sergeant first class is doing 
they have years of practice, they have years of feedback, they have years of growth and development that you do not have. And so to to require the right amount of confidence for your level, I think is is important to keep that in, in check and, and also to keep it, be mindful of, of those differences amongst levels. Along with that, I feel like we would all be pretty interested to hear what you know, a soldier has to say about this topic. I mean, we, we were speaking in a pretty broad manner, but I wonder if there's a soldier out there who could tie this into practice. Maybe you've experienced this either as a leader and maybe you had someone new come into to your squad or what have you, and maybe they were a little too confident or underconfident. And what were the real effects of that type of confidence on everyone else, maybe on yourself, some of the, uh, maybe the consequences, positive or negative, that came out of that situation. And maybe you can speak a little bit more to maybe help someone else out there who might find themselves in a similar situation. Or if you were the person who was a bit overconfident or underconfident, you know, is was there a situation that happened that led you to believe am I phrasing that right led you to that overconfidence or underconfidence or if, if there was a moment also that helped you change be more a bit more accurate with your own assessment of your own abilities I mean I would I'd definitely be, be interested to to hear anyone's thoughts about that yes please I also think I'd be very curious to hear um, people consider Eric's question about kind of the core beliefs and core values that you feel so the way that I would kind of phrase or think about that question is how do you react when you have someone underconfident join your squad? Or how do you react when you have someone overconfident join your squad? And just kind of examine that reaction and, and think about maybe why you're reacting that way. Is it because some something that you believe? Is it because of your experience? Is it something that you value? And I think just sitting and reflecting on your initial reaction to that scenario, even if it's hypothetical, can help you learn a little bit more about yourself and kind of build that awareness. And then from there, it can actually help your own personal journey of if you do come across someone overconfident, you might be able to react in a better way. If you do come across someone underconfident, maybe you can react in a better way. So I'd be very interested to hear how people react to that question and what they might find out about their own core beliefs and core values. Well, yeah, you made a good point as far as if that new soldier into your squad, are you, you know, how are you delegating orders and instructions? Someone who might look underconfident, can you depend on him, right? Like, that's when your core beliefs and values come into play. Like, he's underconfident. I don't think I can trust him, especially when you start going into, like, you know, the deployment theater where, or someone who's overconfident. Like, what kind of, how do you build that person's character? in your own mind based on their behaviors of having confidence or not. Yeah, I think I think now we've fully fleshed out some thoughts and ideas that we have, but also hopefully give everyone out there better ideas to where we're coming from and how maybe you you could tackle or answer this particular question. I feel like everyone can relate to this question in some manner. You know, I think not everyone's going to have the same opinion or beliefs or experiences so it'd be interesting to hear so with that all of that said um i think that's 
that's it for everybody. So we're going to sign off for this week's episode. Hope you all have a good grand time, and we'll see you next time. Good grand time. Good grand time. <laughs> see you next time. I'm Maurice.